when it comes to heating up your business, it's all about making more bacon. And that requires an expert with a particular set of skills. You need a Baconologist. Building authentic connections, online networking, through social selling, relationship marketing, mindset and training. Yeah, that's bacon. Get ready, because we're about to fry up a sizzling success strategy. This is the Bacon Podcast with your host and business Baconologist, Brian Basilico. It's a lot of bees, man. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps. I am honored to have Mr. Mark S.A. Smith back on the podcast one more time. So how the heck are you today? And I am happy and healthy, easy and free. It is just the most amazing experience to no, no longer be possessed by my possessions as a nomad and allows me to to think up things to share with you and our peeps on the show that we're going to share today. We are going to be talking about the what kind of economy. Well, we're going to talk about the transformational economy. And, mm. to, and to help you understand that in context, we're going to talk about the past economies. Because mm. the past economies haven't gone away. It's just the transformational economy is beginning to emerge. Mm. And the emergent economy is the place where all the money is made in the economy. All the other economies, you can make money, but you, the profits are just not there because they're well-established. There's lots of competition. Right. And the transformational economy, the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because I had this blinding flash of the obvious that, uh, right, <laughs> like the end of your intro, uh, that the transformational economy is about to really take off. So I'm going to let you riff, my friend. I'm going to turn off our little stuff here, and I, I want you to kind of you know dive in and tell us about... Uh, what is the trend? How did we get to where we're at? So, so uh, the, the reason why the conversation around economy is important is because every economy has a separate business model that allows mm -hmm. you to make money. And every one of these economies is legitimate. You can, you can exist in any of these economies right now, today, if you choose to do so. And no judgment whatsoever. It's just what do you, as the business owner, choose to do? Mm -hmm. It really helps if you understand what economy you're functioning in because you're going to choose the right business model, the right marketing model, and the right motivational alignment with your customers instead of making a mistake out of it. Okay. So we start off with essentially the... Um, it's the subsistence economy. That's where we started. And this is back in the days when we were cave dwellers and we were bear hunters and, and, and clans. And, and we would survive together, essentially in subsistence. We only would kill what we could eat. We only mm -hmm. would gather what we could eat. And we would only make what we could use. So that yeah. was where tribes, the hunters and gatherers, and that's that's one of the things I talk about is tribe of 150 people that you can maintain relationships. So those are relatively small micro economies, right? That's exactly right. They're micro economies. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, that doesn't doesn't lend itself well to business, although we're seeing people revert back to that. Yeah. Where they're where we're having micro cities uh, being formed, and it's it's really amazing where people are recreating their own little communes to escape the insanity of uh, the big cities. Mm -hmm. So so that is a legitimate business model. You just you know if you want to to buy things that you can't create or raise or kill, right? Uh, you're going to have to uh, in some way generate some sort of trade. 
right? Yeah, and I was going to say, is this kind of like a barter economy? Is that what it was based oh, on? Oh, abs you know? absolutely. You know, they, you know, they simply that was back in the days when they used shells for right. currency because shells were rare inland. And you would trade pelts for you know food or bones or weapons or whatever it was that you needed in order to hunt and gather. And so we're slaves. Yeah, well, they, they traded people. I mean, well, let's just call it what it is, right? Yeah, right. It's just what they did. If you if you went to war and you captured people, they were your slave. Right. Yeah, that's very true. And history is what it is, so you can't it, it, change it. That's exactly right. And so then we transitioned to the commodity economy. And this is where people started to establish land and started to grow crops. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And over time, you know, in, in the uh, 1500s or so, uh, probably 85% of the population were involved in raising crops. And that was really the beginning of the commodity economy because, you know, for the most part, uh, uh, it, wheat is wheat, barley is barley, uh, carrots are carrots. Mm -hmm. and, and so at that time, uh, the driving uh, motivation for that was need. You know, we need food. We mm -hmm. need the king needs food. The the knights need food. The gentry needs food. So we're going to raise food beyond our needs, and we're going to offer that to our king and gentry so that they provide us with protection. So we don't have to go out there and defend ourselves independently. We can mm -hmm. do this as a group. So that's really what they were purchasing. So they, you know, that's agriculture, mining, fishing. And what people were buying in those environments were necessities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know, in the in the uh, in the 1600s, we started to see currencies. Well, actually, in Christ's time, we saw currencies. So we, you know, right. The way they, there were there was the widow's mite and right. Under the under sil yeah, silver and all that stuff. So, so actually, 2,000 years ago, we started started to have currency to 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 start to do this. So. You know, that's that's really when I would say say the commodity market got going is when there was the introduction of coinage. So then around the eight the late eighteen hundreds, we moved to the product economy, and I, I I like to to think that it really started with a blacksmith. Mm -hmm. The blacksmith was the beginning of the product economy, and it was there to provide tools, uh, plowshares, and swords, and things like that. They were really the edge of that, and it really took off with the manufacturing of cars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Henry Ford creating the assembly line process. And then, of course, we moved into appliances as we had uh, electricity deployed through the United States. What the, what people sold there, the differentiation was features, advantages, and benefits. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And people are still using that product economy, features, advantages, and benefits in an attempt to sell. Right what's in the future economies and quite frankly it fails do not use feature advantage advantage and benefit selling unless you're selling product mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah which totally makes sense all right and what the person what, what the person was ultimately purchasing is uh the identity of i'm an important person mm -hmm. that's that was ultimately what they were satisfying and then in uh, the 1940s we made a transition post-world war ii we made a transition to the service economy and whereas in the product economy, we were fulfilling want, mm -hmm. what we changed is that we were fulfilling demand. We were buying time mm -hmm. and, we were, and we were buying skills. Right. And what that was ultimately doing was attempting to give person a freedom to have more recreational time. Because at this time we had uh, two income households to pay for all those products. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we had to have services so that the people in those households could actually have a bit of a, 
a free life instead of doing anything. And, and, you know, it really started off in my opinion with things such as TV dinners. <laughs> and I remember those as well too. I was probably eating one of those TV dinners, watching the moon landing. And then we moved up into around the late nineties. We moved to the experience economy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where, where people started to buy memorable and that would be you know stuff like uh trips disney trips travel got huge then i mean and the cost of travel became affordable for more people at that time and this is when we started to see things such as the proliferation of of chuck e cheese pizza places yep where people didn't go for the food they went for the goofy entertainment yep and of course you know arcades started in the 80s that was that was part of that experience economy, mm -hmm. um, and it really solidified in the '90s with smartphones and online reviews. Yep. It also was the the rise of of all of the online services that we know and love and dominate the that dominate Wall Street: Netflix, Amazon, right. Facebook, Google. Those are all experience economy companies. Right. What is the transitional economy? Well, before I say that, I want to give you one last item, which is what is the what is the identity a person is purchasing in mm -hmm. the experience economy? And it is I'm an interesting person. That's why people go to Vegas. Yeah. So they can, they can bring home stories. They can tell their friends and be interesting. You know, did you watch the movie last night? Interesting person. Right. Look, you know, let me tell you what I saw in Google. Interesting person. All of these things are designed to make you as a person more interesting. In the experience economy, they were buying, uh, I'm an interesting person. Hmm. And so now we're moving into the transformational economy. And the transformational economy, what happens is in the experience economy, people were craving being interesting. And now the transformational economy, people are seeking meaning. Hmm. That's what they're doing. So people in a transformational economy, choose meaning meaningful over memorable they choose authentic over theatrical and they choose socially responsible over cheapest in this new economy what you're saying is that the people who are purchasing things are number one looking out for what is the meaning of life where are they headed yeah how can they how can they take that purpose and then apply it towards the things that they purchase so that it makes a difference in the world so it's, their purpose is basically tied into what they're purchasing and you know again it's more about having applying meaning to things as opposed to applying status to this yes status as people have experienced is fleeting mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we're seeing that in the cancel culture yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can take a person of very high status and their status disappears completely and they're no longer an interesting person in a blink in a blink it's the most amazing thing so people are starting to say there's got to be more to life than status and being interesting mm -hmm. and so this is this craving for meaning so we've lost empathy we've lost compassion we've lost meaning and this is something that people are seeking the search is on for meaning, empathy, and compassion, because it, it people are seeing this as being completely absent and they feel empty. But again, you know, it goes back to that that concept of you know that purpose. And, and so, 
even when you're looking at employees, when you're creating your company, and this goes back to what we talked about last week about creating a culture, it's yes. creating a purpose in your company that everybody aligns to. Yes. And then you're, you know, then that purpose has to be something that your customers align to too, right? So it's a bigger picture. Yes. Well, you're going to a you're going to align essentially between your purpose and the customer's purpose, it's going to happen naturally. The difference here, the, one of the big changes here is that we're moving from value to values. Mm. People are buying values, not value. A good example of that is cage-free eggs. Mm -hmm. You know, cage-free eggs are two to three times the cost of traditionally produced eggs. And they're, they're, um, in a recipe, they are indistinguishable. Yet, a substantial number of U.S. Uh, man food manufacturers have made the transition to cage-free eggs, such as Nestle and even Arby's. Blow my mind. Yeah, has has transitioned to 100% cage-free eggs because that's the values their customers are demanding, and their customers are willing to pay more to support those values. Well, and that, that brings up a, a conundrum at the same time, and maybe yep. you're gonna cover this or not, but the conundrum is in order to afford the purpose, you're going to have to make more money, right? You're going not to necessarily. have to- it, it, it's actually It's actually a share shift. Hmm. It's, instead of buying the expensive Cadillac for status, you're buying a little Prius and then spending money on your transformation. Ah, okay. Makes sense. Right? Okay. It's what This is the reason why we're having this growth of things such as tiny houses. Mm -hmm. Instead of having a 5,000 square foot house, you got a 500 square foot house because that allows you to afford and support your values. Right. So keep banging right. away here. I saw a couple of elements here. Okay. So it's, you know, we're buying meaningful, authentic, and socially responsible. We're buying, mm -hmm. buying values instead of value. And you know, a good example of this is things such as the, the emergence of life coaches. So the transformational economy is I am a better person. Mm -hmm. After this experience, I am a better person. And so, you know, life coaches. I mean, do you know people that have had ayahuasca experiences? Yes. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's the thing because that's a transformation. They see their world differently after they've had an ayahuasca experience. Right. And so therefore feel they're a better person because they see the world for what it is. Ayahuasca mm -hmm. tends to strip away some interesting ego illusions. Yes. Which are very painful to remove. Yes. Most people want to be stuck with their ego illusions. A great example of that is things such as emotional support dogs. And I don't mean to, to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to tell anybody that they shouldn't have when they should. But the reason why people have them is because they felt abandoned and they feel their dog won't abandon them. Right. But, which is very true. Absolutely. It's very, very true. But they've created a, an illusion around that lack of abandonment. And I can prove it to you. Mm -hmm. The dog's on the, the dog's on a leash. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. You, but you point that out to a person. They're going, no, no, no. The dog loves me. Well, no, the dog could not survive without you. Right. Uh, yeah. Your cat. Could survive without you but your dog cannot survive without you right the That's dog true. cannot hunt the dog cannot take care of itself mm -hmm. in an area where we have coyotes your dog is not going to survive leaving your house your yes. dog isn't going to abandon you because it can't that's the illusion right but it's okay you get to have that illusion if it makes you feel better have the illusion please yeah and and so one of the the other things that you brought up you brought up the religious experience you brought up this mm -hmm. empathy which i think is huge you know mm -hmm. i think that's one of the things about this economy 
is it requires people to have more empathy. Yes, it does. And mm. and the weird thing about it is in and I don't want to get into politics, but there are, you know, there's the them they you know, yep. set of people, it's your yep. fault, everything's you, you know, it's not me, you're, you're the problem, that kind of stuff. And then there's the the more empathetic side of things, like we're all in this together, you know, we're, we're cohesive, you know, we're trying to do this for everyone. And so that becomes a little bit of an issue, I think, don't you? Um, so the transformational economy is, is going to be very, very interesting. And what's driving it is that we live in a world of extreme pain. Mm-hmm. More pain than ever and we've just finished two years of deep psychological trauma and deep wounding very much so and the um there are three base fears that humans have these are wired into our dna mm -hmm. wired in our dna to help us thrive and survive and public speaking is not one of them <laughs> <laughs> it's not um <clears throat> so the three base fears and this is come straight out of psychology yep the first one is the fear of abandonment mm -hmm. that you're going to be left behind by your tribe. And of course you can't survive without your tribe. This goes, this goes way, way back. This goes back to subsistence living. The second one is smothering. Yep. It sounds like a really weird term, but what it means is that your freedom is reduced. You could be smothered by a bad relationship. You could be smothered uh, th through things such as uh, incarceration or slavery, slavery mm -hmm. is, in, is a smothering, and uh, it, this is one of the, this manifests with people that have uh, fear of small spaces and There's, drowning too. Uh, absolutely, smothering and drowning, or that fear of drowning is right in that same wheelhouse. And then the third uh, root fear is fear of annihilation. Now, obviously, all three of these result in the fear of death. Mm -hmm. Right. But annihilation is not just death. It's the removal of the memory of your existence from humanity. And this is what Genghis Khan did to his enemies. He didn't just kill his enemy, but he killed his entire enemy's tribe. Mm -hmm. And so he removed the memory of that enemy from the, the existence of humanity. You know, I've, I've been in the mode of relationship marketing for 10 years, right? Yeah, you're damn good at it. Thank you. And relationship marketing is is really about creating connection between people. That's the whole point. I mean, the, the whole system that I built up in this company and the, the most successful and this is what I'm trying to do is make your point to say that the success that we've had of connecting up salespeople and putting them in front of customers and getting customers to have a conversation with salespeople, which is the major outcome focus of what we do, sure. has grown success in companies because people are looking for that relationship. They're not looking for a solution to their problem. They're looking for an ear to bend to be able to have a, a cohesive existence. It's an authentic relationship that exactly. they crave. Right. And it goes it's, back to your race thing. Right. Exactly. Relevance mm -hmm. is relevance, authority, commitment to your commitment. Mm -hmm. it, but, you know, the commitment to their commitment can only come after they see why it'd be valuable to commit to you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. But you're right. You're spot on. They they want a relationship that goes beyond just the transaction. So, you mm -hmm. know, it used, used to be we'd fake, pe we'd, we'd fool people into liking us. And then after the transaction, if we showed up, they wouldn't even remember who the hell we were. They want, they want an authentic relationship. Mm -hmm. And this is going to accelerate the transformational economy like rocket fuel. 
And so those companies that can bring healing to customers, and I, I don't mean just physical or psychological, I mean just as part of what they do. Now, the high-level solution to this, we can talk about this a whole lot more deeply, but the high-level solution to this is make people feel seen. So that what that means is you people have to feel seen. That's the reattachment from the abandonment. All right, so seen is a critical component. Right. The, the next thing we need to bring is soothed. Hmm. You're going to be okay. This is going to be okay. We're going to make this work. Um, this might take some challenges. This might take some work, but you know, we're going to figure it out. We're going to work it out. And so that's, that's how we provide people with freedom mm -hmm. is we remove the smothering by my make by soothing them. Excellent. And that's where soothing comes into play. Mm -hmm. You know, Oh, this is going to be really hard for us to do. I don't know if I have the people to do this. All right. That's, that's smothering versus, you know, I'm smothering the other person. Right. Mm -hmm. Versus saying, you know, this, we're going to work this out. I've been in business for a long time and never run across a problem we didn't ultimately solve. Right. So we'll, you're going to be okay. And actually, that is, that is tactical humility. And then the third healing bomb for this is safe. Mm -hmm. Is annihilation. We're going to keep them safe. So that's the, the bomb for annihilation is you're going to be safe. You know, I'm going to make sure this happens. Uh, you know, you're not going to get charged if we can't make this work. Whatever it happens to be, you have to help them feel safe, seen, mm -hmm. soothed, and safe are the ways that we can add behaviors to our business to start becoming part of the transformational economy. Mm -hmm. They're a better person because they feel seen, because they have been soothed, because they feel safe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Seen, soothed, and safe create loyalty. Yeah. And while you may trade some profit on a single transaction, what you're going to do is you're going to reap profit from a loyal customer that refuses to do business with anybody else, regardless of price, because price is no longer the driving factor. What are some of the things that people need to start doing now to either, you know, kind of mold themselves into it, prepare for it or optimize it? Well, the answer may surprise you. Okay. Start working on yourself. Hmm. You can, your business can only be as authentic as you are. Mm -hmm. And whatever path that happens to take, whether you get a life coach or you get a spirituality coach or <laughs> you find some way to improve your authenticity, to establish mm -hmm. and identify your values, it may mean that, mean that you need to go through an identity exercise to, to change your identity from a smart business person to an empathetic business person. Mm -hmm. And while that may feel like it's absolute lunacy, when you dig into it, you realize that it's truth. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who say, Mark, there's no freaking way I'll ever do that. Fine. You get to you get to be whoever you choose to be, but you're not going to participate in the transformational economy. You're going to stay with, within the the um, experience economy. And you know, the experience economy is going to still exist. Yep. So you don't have to transition to the transformational. This is not required. This is optional. Right. And I'm telling you, while it's not optional, this is where all the profits will be made. Mm -hmm. That's a different thing. So interestingly, you will be more profitable being empathetic than you will be by being smart. That is the paradox of the transformational economy, my friends. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure we're going to be hearing more of this from you in the not too coming distant future because you always tend to ride these trends and, and you're always one kind of micro step ahead of everything else that's going on.
But if somebody's in a hurry and wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to do that? So well, just uh, go to marksonlinkedin.com and uh, say that takes you directly to my profile. Say, hey, I saw you on Bacon and Coffee. I'd love to connect. And I'll be delighted to spend 20 minutes talking with you about whatever's on your mind. Well, Mark, as usual, thanks for coming on and dropping a huge sizzling hot bacon knowledge bomb on my peeps. And I so appreciate you. I look forward to the next time we get together and do this. Likewise, my friend, you're a great blessing in my life. Thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains. Want some more? Learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com. Have questions? Send them to askbrian at baconpodcast.com. Until next time, keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon.